Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Saturday, February 5th, 2022. I've had some old worship songs stuck in my head this week. Has that ever happened to you? Uh, Or you you think of songs even from the pre- iTunes pre-YouTube days where you were sitting around the campfire and you never knew where the song came from and you haven't sung it again, those kind of songs. And I was thinking about one lyric, especially in today's reading, where it talks about God and it describes God and it's really trying to capture how majestic he is, but also just the way he condescends to us. And the line goes, humble, but so holy. And if you think about that, it's just a simple, very simple, yet beautiful way to express some things about the character of God. He is humble. Now, not in the way that you or I might think about humble in the sense that, oh, he's God's aware of his weaknesses. No, he has no weaknesses. Uh, So he's not humble in that sense that we think about it sometimes at a human level, but he is humble in the way that he lowers himself to serve and to love us. And we're going to see that truth, especially in our New Testament readings today, as we look at Matthew 11, 20 through 30, and Luke 7, 36 through 50. Now, the latter portion of Matthew 11 really hits on this idea as he talks uh, to, and really as he prays to God, and then pivots, um, you know, he starts off praying in verse 25, but then really calls to the crowds, and he says this in verse 28, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You catch that? Jesus says, I am gentle, and he even uses the word lowly. He is lowly in heart. Well, that's where on one hand, no, he is high and lifted up. But he is lowly in heart in the sense that he cares about people. And even here, he cares about the heavy laden, those who labor, those who are burdened. Jesus cares for those people. And that is good news for you and for me. And we see an example of what that looks like as we turn over to Luke chapter 7. It talks about how he is gentle and lowly in heart. And we see that in this story in Luke 7.36. And it's a familiar one, right, where this woman comes in and it says she's a woman of the city who was a sinner. And it seems that, you know, there was some kind of fact that she was known as a sinner, very likely that she was involved in some kind of known sexual sin. Uh, Yet she comes and standing behind him at his feet, she weeps and wets Jesus's feet with her tears and wipes them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment, right? Uh, She's showing her appreciation for Jesus, Now, the Pharisee sees this and he says, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. 
And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he said, say it, teacher. And he goes into this familiar story. A certain money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said, you have judged rightly. And I guess the point, you apply the parable and it's, well, I guess this woman's the one who's been forgiven more. So she shows that love. And then he explains it. Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet her feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. And just even as you think about that, I often used to think the point of that was, you know, the people with the really kind of seedy testimonies with, with, you know, a lot of pre-conversion drugs and sex and rock and roll. Those people are going to love Jesus more than, you know, the kids that kind of grew up in the church and were saved at a, a young age. That is not the point of what Jesus is saying. Uh, really what Jesus is saying, this woman realizes she has been forgiven and you Pharisee, you don't realize it because you don't think you need it, right? It's really the woman who is the one who is forgiven. And that's where I think we all need to realize we have been forgiven much. Every single one of us is a sinner, but God has condescended to forgive us. Jesus is gentle and lowly in heart. And because of that, there is hope for sinners like you and me. So I hope we have a a fresh appreciation from these passages of the mercy of Jesus Christ, even towards sinners, and that we take that personally knowing I'm a sinner and my only hope is the mercy of Jesus Christ. And I want to take on his burden and his yoke because he is a merciful master. Sin is a cruel master. But Jesus is the best, and he has set me free. He has called me to himself, and that's all because of, really, he is humble. He is gentle and lowly in heart. But as that line from that old worship song went, he is humble, but so holy. And we get a sense of that as we start the book of Exodus today. So in the Old Testament, we are on to now our third book. We've read Genesis, and in the middle of that, we went through the book of Job. And now we are in the book of Exodus, where we start with the first four chapters. And we see the familiar story of the oppression in Egypt. We even see the horror of them murdering children Uh, And what a wicked thing that was. We see the familiar story of Moses in the basket and becoming really um, taken in by the daughter of Pharaoh, but still connected to his uh, mother. And then eventually he has to flee to Midian. But notice at the end of chapter two, um, notice again, God caring seeing just the the gentleness and the care that God has, right? That the people are crying out, describes the people of Israel as groaning because of their slavery and crying out for help. And it says in verse 23, their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God. And God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. 
God saw the people of Israel and God knew. Again, when we think of injustice or oppression in the world, God sees and God knows. And here in the book of Exodus, we're going to see God do something about it. But then we have this familiar picture of the burning bush. And again, one of the things that is revealed here is the name of God. In verse 13, Moses said to God, if I come to your people, to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, that's Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. And so as you think of that, we see really something that is unique about God. God is the only one who can say, I am who I am. God is the only one who is self-existent. He is the only one who always was, always is, and always will be. None of us can say that. That's where we're starting to get into the territory of he is so holy because he is the only one that is like this. And that's even beyond our ability as finite creatures to understand. But that's the majesty of who God is. Yet this is the same God that forgives our sin. This is the same God that is gentle and lowly. This is the same God that here, even as he reveals himself, is doing so because he has heard the cry of his oppressed people. He sees and he knows. And we see just even a little bit of majesty as we see Moses' apprehensions. We see God reminding him, who made your mouth? Oh yeah, isn't it me? And even as he gives Moses these signs to do, God is showing his majesty. He is showing his power. And we're going to see a lot of the power and the majesty of God in the days to come in the book of Exodus. But today, I want us just to step back and say, wow. As we think about God, humble, but so holy, the great I am, the only God, yet the God who forgives the sin of helpless sinners. And we should find strength from all of that today. God is not just some weakling who forgives us, and he's not just some holy God who's looking down on us in anger. He is a holy God, but he's also a God who forgives And so we should stand back and say, wow, God, you are holy, so holy. But also, wow, God, you're so merciful. You're so gentle. I can't believe that you would forgive my sin. And I hope that fills all of us with a heart of worship today. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.